0: Another little bit of a nugget, and that is the Green Bay Packers. They're placing their all-pro left tackle David Bakhtiari on injured reserve. This is the short-term of variety, meaning he will be out at least the next four games. That includes tonight's game that you can hear after Tech Talk Live Who you got on in CBS it? Sports Radio Lynchburg.
1: Who you got in it? Um, oh, Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites.
0: Is the over-under still 45? Because if it is, I'll take the under. That's my most confident projection. Lions are a two-and-a-half point favor? Packers are going to win this game. Are the Lions a a two-and-a-half point favor? Is that what you said? Yeah. Gosh, that number's trending up. Packers are going to win this game. Can I pause for five seconds here? Yeah. I'll take the Packers at two-and-a-half, but I would hold out to get to three and see if it does. I'm taking the Packers outright. So you're going Packers outright. You know me. I like those key numbers. Uh, yeah. As evidenced by last week with the Green Bay Packers preferring the money line to minus 1.5, and they win by one over New Orleans, and I got burned because I couldn't officially put that into our votes of confidence. I am still salty about that. Never mind that I was 9 and 13 at plenty of other disastrous picks. That information gets thrown off to the side. We're clean slate tomorrow. You know, tomorrow big day. I love it. Looking ahead, positives to that. We're gonna. By the way, speaking of clean slate tomorrow, we're gonna try to get some feedback because we've had some come in on uh, the NFL. We've had some come in on the Damian Lillard trade. uh, Plus. Some other thoughts on what we were discussing earlier with Mel Tucker. Uh, All of that we hope to get to tomorrow, but I know how this is going to go. We're going
1: to give picks of uh, our guest's favorite team, and he knows probably where we're going to pick who we're going to pick.
0: So anyway, yes, that's part of it. Uh, Brian Nolan, Frontstretch.com, NASCAR reporter. And host of Bringing the Heat, the podcast that Brian Nolan has. He's gracious enough to join us in the fast lane. I thought Trey and me babbling was going to delay our introduction. But instead, I think we're right on time at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Is that what you guys recognize out there in Boise? It's Mountain Time, correct?
2: Yes, sir. It's currently 3.30 here in good old Boise, Idaho.
0: Gorgeous Boise, Idaho. Trey makes fun of it a lot, and we'll forgive him for that. But the reality is... It is, uh, it's is—it's gorgeous from everything I've heard. People have said that it's worth going out there. Um, my kids need to get older, frankly, before I can justify that one, though. <laughs>
2: Fair. Um, Michael Massey, um, our, our good buddy, that's on Frontridge, happy Hour, came um, to Boise for my wedding last October, and he he even said it was it was pretty nice. And that's coming from him, and he never compliments me. So um,
0: <laughs> you, you never know. Trey, would you care to weigh in on Michael Massey never complimenting our guest Brian? I never heard
1: those out. comments, so I can't confirm nor deny it. So uh,
0: how did course, I know? Of course, <laughs> of course. How it's all did, alleged.
1: That's ha, all i got to say. How
0: did I know that was going to be the response, Brian?
2: Oh, my gosh. He, every time he, he, I try and have him say something nice, just even, hey, you did a good job today. Nope, he will never say it. It's just like he, he's, he's like allergic to, to being nice to me. Brian,
1: <laughs> Brian, I will give you something nice. You did a great job along with me in our interview this week. <laughs> with, Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. I said, <laughs> I said something nice. You didn't even <laughs> let me finish.
0: Promoting the podcast. Because you (laughs) snuck in the along with me part, Trey.
1: This is how he. Oh this is how he would say it too. I just want to. I just want to point that. Out. But as I was saying, with our interview this week for bringing the heat part one with ESPN's Marty Smith, uh, got a lot of nuggets in there about uh, not just NASCAR but a lot of college football nuggets. Uh, if you go to my Twitter at Shreelawvt, I talk about our conversation about you know locally with Frank Beamer, talk a little Mac Brown in there as well, uh, Doc Rivers. So it's to promote his. Uh, new book sideline ceo so uh check that out wherever you get your podcast you, you want to listen to you uh the interview go to our youtube page part one of the interviews on our youtube page as well so brian you did a good job
2: wow you did it thank you trey you did a great job as well buddy i'm proud of you
0: I love it. Okay, now that we've gotten through that, before this thing goes totally sideways, as we (laughs) aim to actually talk some NASCAR, not just Trey and Brian trying to get their uh, ducks in a row from the NASCAR podcast they have with FrontStretch.com that dropped earlier today. Um, Storylines from NASCAR at Texas. Not my favorite track, to say the least. Um, that's, that's That's being mild about it. More on the schedule in a moment, by the way. But coming out of it, Bubba wallace even though he had a great run going he wasn't able to grab a win they are above the cut line in the playoff points but he missed a chance to punch his ticket and while he's been wet done well at talladega including winning this fall race lat, not last year excuse me two years ago in the nascar playoffs you don't want to be in a must-win spot going in there and he's not but you don't want to risk it either He said it was a frustrating day, had no issue with the restart. He's more mad at himself. Heard that audio courtesy of Front Stretch's YouTube page. Meanwhile, Kyle Busch calling it a complete letdown to his team. That audio is also out at FrontStretch.com and the Front Stretch YouTube page. Were you surprised by the overall heavy accountability? Not the lack of accountability, but the opposite heavy accountability from drivers who sometimes expect a lot out of themselves sometimes expect a lot out of their teams but ultimately seem to display more frustration with themselves following disappointing performances to different degrees at texas
2: you know uh, i i think it was frustration just in general because i mean listen you're going in you're, you're going into a hot environment it's it's like 100 degrees outside. It's probably 130 degrees, and they're probably just roasting. So that gets already you're, – you're getting frustrated and, and um, antsy and, and everything like that. Um, and, and then when you do something dumb like Kyle Busch did, um, I mean, it, it wasn't the crew's fault. I mean, they didn't intentionally make his car loose. He just flat out lost it. For Bubba Wallace, it wasn't the crew's fault that he had a slow pit stop or everything. He just did not – take the right lane at the restart for the final restart. And he was battling with Chase Briscoe. And then William Byron came and, and went three wide and got it from him on, I don't it was under 10 laps ago. I don't remember the exact um, number. But, I mean, they, they were frustrated with themselves because they couldn't blame anyone else. I mean, they did it to themselves. And um, for, for Bubba, it feels like this was a missed opportunity. But the thing the thing is here, Ed, he's only two points behind. And, um his spotter, Freddie Kraft hosts a popular podcast, and they, he was asking, uh, well, the host was asking Freddie, they're like, what, what's the game plan? And he told him, we want to win every single stage and win the race, lead every single lap. I mean, that is their mindset going in. And um, for above all, many people didn't even expect him to be in the round of 12. They expected him to be one and done because, listen, he hasn't won a race. I mean, plain and simple, him and Brad Keslowski both have not won a race that are still eligible for the championship and so for him to be here is already a quote-unquote win now he'll never say that because he wants more but the thing is um he has a lot of backing i mean twenty three eleven. tyler rex got two wins denny hamlin his owner's got two wins hamlin's probably the championship favorite so i mean Bubble Wallace is under a lot of pressure and when you when you have a chance to get it done you don't do it you're going to be frustrated. and that's what we saw on
0: sunday it is, and it's part of what we saw this past Sunday as well, that there were missed opportunities for drivers that – are feeling that level of pressure going up, and instead, it's William Byron, the Liberty University car driver, who finds his way to victory lane and gets the 300th victory for Hendrick Motorsports. They at least have something positive to take from Texas, even though a lot of these drivers don't, and frankly, plenty of fans who uh, don't like the place. Dang, Ed. I mean, Trey, you know. You think I'm mean to Brian. You know, I mean, you're mean to Texas. I am very ruthless with Texas. I was about to make comments about, you know, the 130 degree temperatures there resembling a place that uh, many people would consider to be texas in terms of nascar fan watching their version of hell from racing uh but i tried to refrain from that until i just walked right Ugh. into that brian um nah, i can't even backtrack off you of it poor man it, there's not even a way um but people seem to be enthralled by Texas. Was it better racing because it was actually good racing? Or was it better racing because, as Bubba Wallace once said after the North Wilkesboro race, saying that venue was way better than Texas? Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah. Way better than Texas. That this was merely just better because, well, people don't expect much from the venue itself. It's
2: definitely the second part, Ed. I mean, when you have such a low bar, it's hard to get worse than the low bar that we've had. I mean, the past three to four races. They've been literally unwatchable. I mean, I took the week off last year to not watch Texas because I am almost as much. I almost have as much hatred for that track as you do. I mean, I I don't because (laughs) I don't know anyone that hates it as much as you do. No offense. But. it's just I don't, I don't really enjoy it. I mean, with the sticky stuff that they put down in, in one and two many, many years ago that have never, um, unfortunately, came um, off the track, it's just ruined the track. And, I mean, there's barely any passing. There's no really good battles. Um, and the only way that it was a good race is because it was scorching hot. And that suffers for the fans. So I feel bad for them for that. Um, so, I mean, it's just when you have such a low bar – that's why people think this race was okay because the past couple races have been so 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 bad
1: Brian you're you're obviously heading to Talladega this weekend uh, for front stretch with Michael Massey as well as Dalton Hopkins uh, you know three God of the, bless
0: the fans <laughs> uh, you're gonna be
1: parting hard in, in Talladega Boulevard uh, it's uh, my question to you is, is this this is obviously gonna be the unique kind of round with, with the wild card round. But uh, what what are your expectations for, for Talladega in terms of, uh, you know, do you expect kind of the mayhem of this, you know, it feels like at least three playoff drivers wreck in each race so far this year. Do you, do you expect more of the same?
2: You know, I was talking to uh, Trey and I's boss, Tom Bowles, about this. And uh, Tom described it as you put every single driver in one of those bull bowl- in one of those bingo um, like circles, and then you, you twist it around and you like shake it all up, and then you pull out one uh, ball. That's kind of what races and super speedways is because anyone can win, and there's going to be corners, there's going to be wrecks, and that's why every single driver leading up to this was like, this is the wild card round because b- besides Texas, you got the unpredictability, and then you got the roll right after this. So any any team can win. I'm I'm talking from Riley Herbst in a non-charter car to B.J. McLeod to William Byron. I mean, every single person that's in the field can honestly win this race. It's just being at the right place at the right time when there's one lap to go. um, And Whatever happens is gonna happen. I mean, I'm not trying to um, be Captain Obvious here, but I mean, we've seen absolutely crazy. I mean, Michael Waltrip only almost won this race about ten or so years ago. I mean, there's been absolutely craziness that has happened, um, and then there's been absolutely spectacular and very, very scary wrecks here. So, um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to see. I can I can promise you that much. If you want wild and chaotic and on the edge of your seat. It's going to be Sunday afternoon, and it's going to be wild. I can't wait.
0: It's one of the reasons why, and I don't know if you're in this camp, Brian. Some fans don't like the tapered spacers. Drivers don't I get the safety aspect to it. If that's your beef, I can understand that. But it's why, you know, I love the tapered spacers tracks of Talladega, Daytona, and you can put even Atlanta in there with it now because of the unpredictability and wild there is an art to this and in a lot of cases. It's guys like William Byron and Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin who know how to run well and they get victories. There's at least the element for hope, whereas you mentioned, there's certain uh, races, most of them, in fact, where guys like a Ty Dillon or like a Riley Herbst have it, no chance, whereas at least in this one, they might find their way into the top 10 or maybe even better than that if the brakes go their way.
2: Uh, our, our good buddy Dalton Hopkins said this on NASCAR Happy Hour. We We, we don't root for certain drivers, but we root for storylines and that's what you always get after every single super speedway race you get storylines because like you said at uh, Ty Dillon, I mean his team at Coralajoy who's, who's great at super speedways anyone can win this race and um, it, it's unpredictable, I mean you, you, you you want to tell me we can go to Las Vegas in two weeks and say that Corey LaJoy can, can win this race? No. I mean, let's let's be real here. Um, no disrespect to Corey. It's just the equipment that he's in. But you want to tell me Corey LaJoy can win this upcoming Sunday? I'm going to say, yeah, the, there's a chance because he's great. He almost won Atlanta last year. And so, I mean, when when you come to races like, like here in Atlanta and Daytona, the the unpredictability is at an all-time high, and the chance to win is at – even for every single driver. And that's what that's what I enjoy about these
0: races. Brian Nolan, frontstretch.com. He's got the Happy Hour podcast, of course. He doesn't. The, I,
1: he has bringing the heat with Brian Nolan. No,
0: sorry. <laughs> He's got bringing the heat. Occasionally he makes cameos on the Happy Hour podcast. Yeah, those are unfortunate times. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. Oh, once again, uncalled for. Absolutely uncalled for.
0: I was nice most of the day. I mean, his, his handle is the Brian Nolan because they can't get all of his names into a Twitter handle, so we just <laughs> stick with the Brian Nolan on Twitter and Instagram. It's real easy to remember. Brian, thank you for your time in the fast lane, and once again, we hope you survived the barbs that came from Trey Lyle. I, I may
2: need to uh to to get some help, but you know, it, it's okay. Just just um try and try and uh don't hurt him for me. But you know, if you do, then no worries. But I appreciate
0: you Ed. Thanks, buddy. I can't
1: R- I can't tell you his typical response to because 'cause they're not made it's it's uh it's not made for radio. We'd get fined. So that's all I gotta say.
0: Well I would say that's we're here for you I would say we're here for you, Brian, but I don't know about Trey, so I'll just go I'm here for you. Uh, thank you, Ed. I appreciate <laughs> you. Buddy. All I gotta
1: say is so I showed Ed our text chance, he would he would come back on my side. That's all I gotta say.
0: <laughs> you know, that will probably happen at some point. Trey knows it will be hey, after football season wraps up Wait a minute. have a little more And time.
1: I'll I'll let you uh I'll let you play it since you like to play this. Uh hey hey Brian, do you still believe?
0: Yes. Yeah. Do you believe in that? Huh? Or Bri, is your response this one? Oh no. Oh no, no. Do you no. do you still believe in Colorado?
2: Oh, I thought you were talking about the Jets. Yeah, Hell, heck yes, I believe in Colorado. I mean, um, I, I believe in them a lot more than I believe in, in, in the New York Jets. So I'm going to tell you that much.
0: That's a low bar to clear as well. All much right. like Texas, much like Trey's behavior, Brian, that's how we wrap it up today in the Fast Lane. <laughs> I would say we do it professionally, but you know us way better than that. <laughs> way better than Texas. Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah. Way better than Texas. So, anyway, thank you for your time today. Much appreciated. And until we speak again... We hope you enjoy the gorgeousness that is Boise, Idaho.
2: You're the best. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Ed. Our pleasure.
0: Brian Nolan with us in the Fast Lane. When we return, Virginia Tech Hokies. Chris Coleman, techsideline.com on that. And by the way, keep those thoughts coming. We'll try to get to those tomorrow in the Fast Lane because they are stacking up for us to get to another segment of those. All that here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.